Hey, podcast listeners, it's us joining together to be able to just share the words with you. We're going to talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000. But before we do, let's introduce who's online today. Of course, I am Lady C. And I am Sister Glow. And Mare Bear. All right. And it will come from Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. But before we start, let us open in prayer. Father God, we thank you, oh God, for this day. We thank you for just being with us, Lord, throughout the day, being with our loved ones, Lord, and just always, always keeping your promise and covering and protecting us, God, and keeping us in our right minds. We ask, God, that this day as we um, share your word, Lord, that you will pour into the listeners as you pour into us, Lord. Let us, Lord God, um, decrease as you increase and you speak through us that we may be able to share your words and not our own, Lord. So, Father, have your way and let your spirit and your presence be evident in this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this was a time that Jesus was going through something really hard. He just found out that his cousin, who was also his friend, who was also the person who baptized him, Mr. John the Baptist, was just murdered. He was beheaded. And so Jesus, he just needed some time away. So he decided that he was going to go by boat to this little remote location in this little place called Bethsaida that, you know, not very many people populated. But a whole bunch of people recognized him, saw that he was going to that area. So they either followed him over there or they ran up ahead to meet him there because they were so excited because Jesus was awesome and he was doing all this awesome stuff and he was teaching and he was doing all these miracles like healing people and stuff so they ran up ahead to meet him even though he kind of wanted to be you know in a secluded area so when he got to the little small town he saw this whole big old crowd of people and he had compassion on them and so instead of saying you know be gone he decided to talk to them, to teach them, to preach to them. And then all of the people who were sick over there, he was healing them. Jesus was doing this for such a long time that it started to become evening. It was like around dinner time. His boys, the 12 disciples came up to him and was like, hey, Jesus, you know, these people, they're going to be hungry soon. It's almost dinner time. We up in this like middle of nowhere place. You might want to go ahead and send them into town so that they can, you know, go get some food and stuff like that. Because if you don't, they're going to be hungry. And Jesus said, well, I don't need to send them in town. You guys feed them. And one of his disciples were like, we can't feed them. We don't even have enough money to overtake a half of year's wages to even feed them just a little bit of food. So we can't feed them. And Jesus is like, well, what do you have? And one of the other disciples was like, well, we have here five loaves of barley bread and two fish. This little boy, you know, we saw him. He had he brought his lunch. So we saw him and we decided, you know, hey, 
little boy, can you give us our food? And he only has five loaves of barley bread and two fish. So Jesus had the disciples sit all of the people that had gathered in this little remote area into groups of about 50 people each. And there were about 5,000 men. So that's 5,000 men, but there was way more than that because they didn't even count the women and the children. So it was a whole bunch of people. And Jesus took the loaves of bread. He looked up to heaven. He gave thanks. And then he started breaking the loaves of bread into pieces. And he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples distributed to everybody. He did the same thing with the fish. Started breaking it up and giving it to the disciples who distributed to everybody else. So all these 5,000 men plus women plus children they ate until they were full. And after that, they collected all of the leftovers and they still had 12 baskets of bread left. So that is the story of when Jesus fed the 5,000. Ladies, what do you think? I think it was really awesome that they were able to feed that magnitude of people with such a small amount of food, considering that Jesus is going through a rough time in a trial. He, of course, was being his wonderful self, thinking of other people, healing them, and also feeding them. So he all around was offering them, you know, curative things with fixing their ailments as well as feeding their bellies and then of course feeding their spirits mm -hmm. so he basically even though he was going through something he still fed them in every way fed their minds fed their bodies fed their souls and that was cool because oftentimes like we go through stuff and we sometimes we'll like use it as an excuse as to not go to church or not do for somebody else but this is a good example that jesus set where he was going through some stuff he just lost someone who was very close to him and yet he still did the work of the lord which is awesome yes amen yeah and it just shows how compassionate jesus is even though like you said he was going through what he was going through he's just really compassionate it kind of relates to us whenever we're going through something we can never discredit that Jesus is not going to do it, whether big or small, that he is compassionate enough that he cares about what we're going through. And, you know, sometimes we just some people I know I've heard they were like, oh, I don't want I don't want to pray. I don't want to do this because he's not going to do it. But this to me shows that there's nothing too big or too small that he can do, even if. He doesn't have it. God always have it. But he also showed it an example of like having the serve, um, the disciples to go and get the bread and the fish. And that also could be an example that his blessing doesn't always have to come through just through him. But it also could come through by him using others around you to bless you. Because mm -hmm. that little boy had the bread he used it as an example to me that look at your surroundings because i could use someone around you as well to bless you 
that was one thing that I got as well. Mm-hmm. And even with that little itty bitty bitty bit of food that that boy had, I feel like Jesus, God can take mm-hmm. the little bit that you have. Like if you only have a little bit of talent, if you only have a little bit of money, if you have only have a little bit of resources, but you need to get something really big done, then God has a way of taking just a little bit that you have and using it to make the impossible happen, to do something big with it. Just like your faith. He's, he requires you to have a faith that's uh, as big as a mustard seed. That's mm-hmm. all that he needs. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of the symbolism of the bread? What do you mean? <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like the bread was very, very symbolic. Like Jesus the said, bread he, of was, life. he was the, he bread, the of bread of life. life. But you That's remember awesome. also specifically in the whole Gideon story, when they were talking about the barley bread rolling down mm-hmm. the hill and smashing a tent, and this specifically was talking about barley bread. Like the, I feel like barley bread specifically is used in a lot of Bible stories, and it's just mm-hmm. symbolic of God's provision for us, God's nourishment and providing for us, whether it be like providing nourishment, providing safety, and you know, in this case, it's of course providing food for the, the masses, but um. I just feel like it was just symbolic of God providing, you know? Right. And I did look up the number five as well. Mm. And the symbol of it in the Bible means God's grace, undeserved Mm. favor, undeserved favor, and goodness towards humanity. That all makes sense with the story. Right. Sums it up right there (laughs) because I'm sure none of us deserve anything from God at all. Like, at all. But yet, Mm -hmm. He keeps giving, keeps loving, keeps protecting us, nurturing us. So, that all completely makes sense with the five loaves for sure. That is so true. Mm. What do you guys think about the two fish then? Bread, bread of life, all of that with like the number five and five loaves, but the fish are still supplementing like in between all of that in terms of giving them like protein. You know, it was like providing in two know. different ways. You get your carbs and your protein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You, get a ba- you get a balanced meal. Right. So then I looked up the number two as well, and it means union. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i don't think that it's a coincidence that most of jesus's disciples were fishermen and when he told a lot of right. his disciples to come follow him he said you know i will teach you to be fisher of men and i really think that you know fish are symbolic of us you know us who are coming to the faith basically his children you know we're his children and some of us are lost um and some of us are caught in you know jesus's good grace and so i feel like the five loaves mixed with the two fish is is the unity between us and jesus and when that happens the miracles happens when you know we become unified with jesus miracles happen and i feel like that's one of the things that this miracle was symbolic of. 
And it was a very big miracle. I mean, five loaves of bread. These weren't like big old loaves. These were like, it wasn't no $5 foot long. These were like little bar little pieces of barley bread. And yeah, one bread. So five loaves to 5,000 people. So that's one loaf of bread for, that's supposed to feed 1,000 people each. Like, that's crazy. Like, this is truly a miracle. Science yeah. does not explain this. Because science could not explain this at all. Right. And also with the fish, you I know you guys have seen it because I used to even have it over on my car, like how mm -hmm. Christians have the fish. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's uh, it's a representation of you being a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. Of Christianity. And just proclaiming who he is. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Christians are the fish. Jesus mm. is the bread. And together we wow. awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah and he's i mean that that all ties it up like honestly <laughs> mm, he used those two like wow okay you know Did what else learn? i think was very interesting was the contrast of the boy who willingly gave his little lunch up to feed to jesus to help people contrast that with the disciples who were so like they were they've been around they were around for like most of Jesus' miracles but yet they still were lacking in faith they're just like you know we don't got no money to feed all these people we we need to send them back into town and i just contrast it i think it just goes to show you that just because you're older or just because you've been in the church longer does not necessarily mean that you're more faithful than someone who's a babe in the church sometimes the children do lead Sometimes the younger people who have the most faith and are like, yeah, Jesus, I trust you with everything. Here's, this is all I have. All I got is five pieces of bread and two fish, but I trust you with it. So I'll give all of that to you because I trust that you're going to provide for me no matter what versus the disciples who were like, well, how about money? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like yeah. a huge contrast between the faith of these individuals. Yeah, and if you look at it also in another way that everyone, I mean, disciple is a disciple, right? Mm -hmm. So even the little boy, he should be considered as a disciple just because he wasn't like physically seen as a disciple, you know, in the open, mm -hmm. but he literally did work of a disciple, you know? And like you said, just because you've been following Christ for a certain period of time doesn't make you more wiser than right. a new babe in Christ because a disciple like is it's the same title you still have as long as you're following Christ but at the same time it's what you're doing what's your what's your action behind you being a disciple mm -hmm. you know are you giving are you doing the things that God is calling you to do as a disciple, you know, being compassionate towards others. When you see others are hungry, do you, you know, say, nah, this five loaves is for me and my fish. Right. You go find yourself, you know, food. But this, this boy literally, like he just freely gave it up, you know? Right. So mm -hmm. he has compassion. Like we are to have towards each other when we see others in need. Right. So when Jesus took the bread from this little boy 
the first thing he did was look up to heaven. I think the order and what was done with the bread after Jesus, after it was in Jesus's hand is really significant. So first he looked to heaven, he thanked God, and then he broke it. So the looking towards heaven and thanking God, I feel like for miracles in our life, not necessarily it's like a requirement for miracles to happen, but I think that we definitely need to be thankful to God and, you know, look to heaven for when we're in trouble and be thankful for all the things that God has given us. And I think that that helps us get through certain obstacles in our life a lot better. And then the whole breaking of the bread, I feel like that was symbolic because Jesus's body had to be broken for him to give us our nourishment, for him to give us our sustaining, you know, everlasting life. So I think that was symbolic too, the whole order in which it happened. I agree. And then after everybody ate and everybody got full, which is crazy, crazy miracle. It's scientifically impossible, but all things are possible in the hands of God. After that, they still had 12 baskets. And I know 12 is a very symbolic number. What do you guys think about that specifically, that 12 baskets of bread were left over? It definitely goes to show that God can, God just wonderful and out of this world, being that there were five little loaves and two little fish and from that five loaves and two fish there was still 12 baskets left over to feed even more people even though 5,000 had already been fed so it definitely goes to show how awesome God is that there are leftovers that surpass what should have been I mean it's it's symbolic like he had 12 disciples, right? Mm-hmm. He had 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. So it is symbolic. To me, just seeing the extra 12 loads, I just, when I read it, I was thinking about just how God will bless you to a point where it's overflowing. Mm-hmm. So I thought about like, you know how he blessed you that you know they said you don't have, you may not have room enough to receive it like he just overflowing with your blessing like you may ask for something little but then other things will be coming and you're like oh my goodness I didn't even ask for that so to me it was it, it represented overflow of blessing hmm yeah definitely I feel like that too I also feel like 12 is you know, you said 12 tribes of Israel, 12 disciples. I feel like that's the number of like community and fellowship mm-hmm. and the number of the church as a, a unified community fellowshipping together. So <laughs> all those things together. And I just feel like there's definitely strength when God's children come together and pray together and worship together and listen to the words together. And I just think that that's part of like the number 12 and the symbolism behind it i feel like there's like just a lot of symbolism in this story it's a happy story and it just shows how wonderful jesus is 
So I also looked at BibleStudy.org and mm -hmm. the Men of Numbers in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I looked up um, BibleStudy.org and it says that um, the number 12 is considered a perfect number. It is that it symbolizes God's power and authority as well as serving as a perfect um, governmental foundation. It can also symbolize completeness or the nation of Israel as a whole. Hmm. I like it. It's good. Mm -hmm. Completeness. Well, I definitely yeah. feel like there's some completeness, like yep. when uh, in us as a church, you know, being the body of Christ and all that kind of stuff like that. So mm -hmm. good. And they well, were super full too, so it was complete. The assignment <laughs> was good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> like the impossible task that y'all thought was go not going to happen. Well, here's the 12. The show is completed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, final thoughts, ladies. There's nothing impossible for God to do in your life, like whether big or small. He would definitely provide for you. And if he doesn't, it's okay because it wasn't meant for you. That means it was to do you harm and not good. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I think my final thought would be that when Jesus and Jesus and we come together, miracles happen. So make sure that you grab your sisters in scripture and grab your brothers in scripture and you guys have a fellowship and pray and always have Jesus in the center of it and miracles happen. And I guess my final thoughts are, no matter who you are or how small you may think you are, God can use you in a great way to do great things. Mm-hmm. Amen. Those are good final thoughts. Yes. All right. So let's pray us out. Father God, we come to you to thank you for this word. Let it be a nourishment to all of the listeners, directly and indirectly, those who can be told about it. Let us move forward and remember that God can do all great things through everything that he can do and that sometimes the blessings can definitely surpass what we can think of. And just that we all have a great week and move forward and just remember that God can use us no matter who we are, what we do, or where we've been and so forth. I pray these things in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.